0: Hey, 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 everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Talk Cash or Don't Speak podcast. I'm your host, John Odebo also known as Johnny Debs. Hope you're ready for today's episode. Let's get it. People, you are tuned into a rant-style personal finance podcast. If you're looking for someone to get in your face about personal finance and investing topics, I'm definitely your guy. The motto on this show is Talk Cash or Don't Speak. What is up? What is up, everybody? How are we doing? Thank you guys for tuning in. It's Tuesday. It's Johnny. It's podcast time, people. Let's get after it. I hope the week is going well. As always, if I ever come on here and be like, I hope the week is not going well, something's, something's gone wrong. The plot, I've lost it. I don't know what would happen for me to do that. I mean, even if I had a bad mood, I'd be like, I hope your week's going better than mine. <laughs> but anyway, I hope the week's going well. We are in June now. As I mentioned, the last couple episodes here, I've been really harping on the idea that we're like halfway through the year where are you with your goals right like that's uh i really i really want you to do a little check in do not run from your finances because then your money will run away from you you got to get on top of this shit and the easiest way to do that is to start right like be aware look at your money look at your bank account look at your bills check out those recurring payments what do you have that's like an automatic payment every single month whether it's a subscription to HBO Max, got to get the HBO Max subscription going, whether it's Netflix, whether it's a gym membership, whether it's Spotify, so you can listen to your boy, Johnny, um, you, you got to get on top of this and, and track all of that shit, right? And then maybe you can cut some out. Maybe you're not using anything. It's just something to think about. I've been harping on it. I think that you should review because I think you'll find some things slipping through cracks, Right. Um, and in general, it's good practice just to check every single month anyway to understand where your money is going, if there's any fraud or charges that shouldn't be on your cards, if you're just missing money. People, places charge, mischarge all the time. Uh, you got to be aware of that. Right. Or I don't know. That's, that's something that I like to do too. I, I can't think of the last time I've really like caught anywhere charging me more. Um, When it comes to like a restaurant or anything, but that's because I don't really go to sheisty places. (laughs) I'm not a dive bar kind of (laughs) guy. And if you are, then maybe that's the kind of place that would do it. No, I'm kidding. I have no clue, right? It could just be, it could be the Ocean Prime and the Ritz-Carlton as well. Anyway, we got some news to talk about today. (laughs) It's actually the news I want to cover is centered around one man. One man, we probably talk around too much. Elon Musk. I'm actually getting kind of sick of talking about him. And if I'm sick of talking about him, I've got to imagine the masses, you, thy listener, is sick of hearing about him. But he made a pretty bold statement these days. I mean, he's kind of old school in the way that he treats and and looks at work. But at the same time, he's super successful. So can you knock him? Can you knock the hustle? He made a statement basically, well, he made an email out to all Tesla workers saying that they better be prepared to get back to the office. And if they weren't prepared to get back to the office and they'd better be looking for a job elsewhere. Hmm. Now that is not cool. Elon, that is not vibey right there. That doesn't fit the culture vibes that we're in currently because I, it's just like, bro. uh, Well, first of all, I'd like to say that like Tesla, you're probably an engineer if you're working there. Now I'm sure they have software developers working on the car technology. Maybe they don't need to be in the office, but engineers probably do. And sometimes companies do it just for security purposes too. If you're in an extremely competitive market, like the electrical vehicle market is right now, it's, I can almost see where Elon Musk is going, talking about the idea of, you know, maybe just wanting to keep, in, keep security tight, almost like Theranos. <laughs> Theranos would not pass the vibe check in 2022. Theranos, Elizabeth Holmes, for those of you who don't know, go watch The Dropout on Hulu, go watch Bad Blood on HBO, go read the book by John Kerry. You, I love that book. I love, I'm fascinated by the story and the trial just happened. I think they're still working on sentencing, but I'm pretty sure she was found guilty of fraud. And she tried to blame it a lot on her, her boyfriend COO, Sunny, but that's a story for another day. I recommend you go check that story out. But they, they would not pass the vibe check. They were like super strict about security and everything. So anyway, as someone who works remote, I like, and I see the value of going to the office. However, the flexibility is what people really want. I don't think anybody is like, it has to be this, or it has to be that. The idea of flexibility is what really stands out to job seekers these days. Because what if you want to get into the office once or twice a week and mingle with coworkers right there's value to that and i'm i'm sure i believe people still put value to that but i don't think uh, there are certain professions and in certain industries people will never go back to a 5 day a week workday and i when i shared that post a lot of my friends were like i would leave my job if i had to go back into the office five times a week so there's that so I, but then elon comes out and he's like like a day or two later, he talks about how he's kind of nervous about the economy. He doesn't trust it right now. It's shaky. He has uneasy feelings about it and he feels that he's going to have to cut 10% of the workforce. So it's kind of strategic, I think, right? Like well, he needs to get rid of people anyway. Why not show people the door who are like, you don't want to save someone from being laid off only for them to be like, I'm going to leave because I can't work remote. So, I- those two kind of went hand in hand, I feel like. And I don't think Elon is as mm, impulsive as people think. Like, I think he, he plays the long game. There's, there's definitely times where he gets on Twitter and he tweets like Trump. <laughs> but – and he's – speaking of Twitter, he's still going through – he said he's trying to get more data from Twitter about the bots and the fake accounts. And so, you know, sometimes I really uh, – I think – That he is strategic, but then he does things that's like, all right, you really are just impulsive, huh? But him, Bezos, we got a lot of rich guys playing around with money, going to space and just trying to do cool shit. But at the expense of others and the news, dragging other people through it. So I, I can totally understand if you're sick of hearing about these guys. Read an interesting article this week. The USDA came out with a study, or it was a survey. So I got, a, I got two surveys to talk about here, two juicy, juicy surveys. Get your steak knife out, because this one's medium rare. <laughs> I like my steaks medium, by the way. <laughs> Don't judge me. The yearly cost of raising children. So the USDA, the Univ- uh, United States Department of Agriculture, came out with a survey stating, basically, it costs $13,000 a year per child to raise them. Now, I thought this was interesting because it's not, that's deceiving. That's deceiving. I think for, I got so many thoughts on childcare, but like that range, if that's the average, that's gonna greatly differ depending on where you live, depending on socioeconomic status, depending on school. That does not count school, obviously too. Um, so that didn't count, that that counted like public education. It didn't count private education. It didn't count college. It also doesn't count daycare for your child, which during the pandemic when everybody went remote and then now I'm sure it's still kind of concerned, but like places are actually open now and available. During 2020, during 2021, people were really struggling to get good, decent and affordable childcare. And childcare is a fucking racket, man. The average childcare or the average spend on childcare alone for a family over fifty percent of families report spending over ten thousand dollars a year on child care. So that thirteen thousand dollars, which accounts food, transport, health care, clothing, the cost of a bedroom, that's like they, they counted that in there too, which obviously, you know, also kind of a misleading statistic because some places have some people have to share bedrooms. Uh, that also ranges across the entire country vastly different raising a child and having a one, an extra bedroom in your house in Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa versus Manhattan. So I I don't like this survey. Seems a little misleading to me. Seems like people are going to read it and be like, oh, I got a $13,000 lying around. First of all, you fucking don't. Statistics show you don't. (laughs) Statistics show that people do not have $13,000 left over at the end of the year. If they're, if they're investing their money and saving it, they don't have $13,000 left over at the end of the year. I don't have $13,000 left over. I try to make sure I get everything pretty much spent or invested, right? I don't really like a lot of money sitting around in my, my checking account. Assets, but I'm also in a huge asset building stage. I would like to think that by the time you're having kids, you've already built a nice little nest egg of assets, but that is truly just not the case. And there's nothing wrong with, That, I guess it's not my preferred approach, but I've also been called out before for, I forget what, there was like a specific term, but basically there's a specific term for like only for saying that only the rich should reproduce, which I don't necessarily agree with. I just don't believe you should have kids when broke. If you, there are so many kids out here that have to go into foster care or they have to go through the system and, oh or, or. If you don't have two single, or not two single, two parents, there's so many studies that show how detrimental that can be for a child too. Well, guess what? This child goes to the system, and then their back's against the wall. They're going up against all odds to then be successful in life. So then they're more likely to become a cost for general society, a troublemaker, and and because they don't have the the, the backbone of a foundation, a family, Right. Anyway, we could go on all day about that. And I think that gets a little more to like a classist discussion. But in general, if you're in the middle class, you should totally be able to afford to have a kid. But let's do it smarter. Come on now. Why why do you want to bring a kid into this world if you are struggling personally like right now? Do you think it's an ideal time to bring a kid into the world? I hope the answer is no. I hope maybe the answer is like, hey – I want to have children, so I need to kind of move some things around, reprioritize some spending. That's, that, that makes sense. Now you're having a mature discussion. But in general, people don't do that. They might say they're going to, but a lot of people will just have the kid and think things will figure themselves out. That is a recipe for disaster. Like, if you're listening to the Talk Cash Pod, I hope that you want to bring children into this world to have them be successful, thrive, do well, set them up for success. That's if you want to have children at all. That's totally okay if you don't, too. And some people are probably like, I never am going to get my shit together, so I don't want to ever have kids. That's a mature human being. Wow. Someone deciding that they're kind of a shit show and they don't want to bring a child into the shit show to be more of a shit show because it ain't going to get easier. It's going to get harder. Back to the original point here, $13,000 per child per year. I don't like that number. If we look at what the annual cost of childcare is alone, that's 23K, right? Roughly, if 57% of people say that they're going to spend more than $10,000. There's so many factors that go into this though. And then there's the discussion of private education versus public school. I went to public school, but I went to a good public school. So I don't know. I think that's probably biased. Like I had a personal finance class in, in, in high school, junior year. I think they, it, it was like a requirement to graduate, which looking back on it was amazing. I love that shit, but I bet. I mean, shit, looking at how some of the people I went to high school with turned out, I know they weren't paying attention. And that's also the other problem with like the idea of personal finance being in mainstream education, public schools, School in general, teachers, they fuck up teaching a lot of shit. <laughs> they put their own spin on it, and that's stupid. They put a terrible spin on it. They, the schooling system teaches you to be a worker, but we live in a capitalist society that rewards business owners, small business owners, entrepreneurs that grow, grow huge organizations and enterprises like the be- Musk's, like the Bezos's. So why are we telling people to be workers, get your tasks done, and you'll be, you'll be rewarded with a nice meager salary, but you'll always be, you'll, you'll stay on that tap, right? You'll always need to ask for more salary. That's not healthy. I don't mind people being workers, right? Not everybody can be an entrepreneur. I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that everybody should go into entrepreneurship. Too many people these days, because of the hype on social media are trying to force it. You can go into the workforce, be a good worker, work for 40 years. Not everybody wants to do that. I don't want to do that, but some people are okay doing that. And then get your 401k and everything set up, maximize your investments, real estate, maximize your your other types of investments. So outside of your 401k and outside of real estate, what are you doing on your own, right? Do you have Cryptocurrency? Do you have any type of alternative investment like that? Maybe you have a side hustle. But in general, I think the schooling system teaches people to be a worker, but they don't teach you how to be a worker that can eventually quit and retire. That's where Johnny comes in. That's where the Talk Casher Don't Speak podcast comes in. And that's what you should be sharing with people at Talk Cash Pod on Instagram, at Talk Cash Pod on Twitter. But yes, you should be sharing this information with people. You should share this episode. But I think financial education in the schooling system would be good. It should be a requirement, but it can't be relied upon either because I think they would fuck that up, unfortunately. So where are people going to go? Well, since we're talking about parenting and families and spending money on your children, why don't, when you are being a mature, responsible adult and you've saved up a little nest egg before kids? You're doing it right. Why don't you fucking teach them something about money too? Give them an allowance. Teach them about taxes. Give them 10 bucks a week. I don't even know. Like, it doesn't have to be a big allowance. With inflation these days, I have no idea what the going rate of allowances is. But I'm thinking that 10 bucks a week is, a child's going to have some concerns because they'll be able to buy one Reese's Pieces box or one, one pack of Twizzlers. And then like, you can't even buy a toy worth 40 bucks these days. So if they saved up for a month, they wouldn't really be able to buy a toy. That sucks. That's depressing. But anyway, you pay them 10 bucks a week, you take two or $3 away and you teach them what taxes are. Now we're teaching financial literacy. They don't even have to fully comprehend it. They just need to know that what I get paid, a portion of it gets taken away right away. Guess what? Now when they're 18 or they're 22 and they hit the workforce, they're not shocked and they can budget based off what they know they're going to get from a paycheck, not based on what they think they're just going to get paid. Because I see that that's a huge problem with some people. And then if you take away 2 or $3 and then you make them put $1 away too to save in like a piggy bank, boom, now we're teaching really good habits. If you teach a kid this at 10 years old, it will stick with them until they're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, and they'll pass it down to their children then. That's just facts. A lot of what we learn is from our parents. I used to watch my mom collect change, like any extra change, loose change around the house. She would always put it in a little piggy bank type thing, and then we would go to the bank and we would deposit it. And and so I would see all that add up, and I'd be like, whoa. Whoa. That's like $50, which back then was a lot. It's like, that's $50 from just change gathered around the house. Loose chains that you had in your purse when uh, you went out to buy dinner and then you got change back because it was more of a cash world back then too. But that, like, I saw that. And so, I mean, my very first year earning a paycheck was like 16 or something like that. And I started putting money away. I started saving money right then and there. I got a bank account or a checking account, and then I got a savings account to go with it. And I think I got like a tax return of not much, but I put that tax return in savings. I remember my first year out of college, my first tax return was like 3 k or something like that. Put that back in, in savings right away. I didn't even look at it. So that is how you teach habits right there. And that's all I have to say on childcare at this point and, and uh, children. Because we talked about marriage and weddings and such last week. And we should, we should touch a little bit on what happens next. All right. I have one more survey to cover. And then I want to give a toast to the king, LeBron James, for hitting a million dollars. But first, another survey. Bloomberg dropped a survey saying that one-third of all people or high earners earning $250,000 or more report living paycheck to paycheck. What? I, I hope that that was like a what the fuck moment in your head or like a, <gasps> you either make 250 and you're like, nah, that's crazy. Or you don't. And you're like, my life would be different if I made 250 K. Those are both good reactions to have. I'm happy with both of those reactions. I talked a little bit about this on the Instagram page, which is why you should follow at TalkCashPod on Instagram and Twitter. But my thoughts are, well, actually digging into the article a little bit more, 60% of people who aren't considered high earners report living paycheck to paycheck. So the the number differs from about one-third to two-third, thirds Right one-third of people who earn 250 or more, and then just generally two-thirds of people think that they live paycheck to paycheck. Hmm. That sounds more realistic, and that's – honestly, I, I mean, if it's self-reported, I'm willing to bet that more than one-third of people live paycheck to paycheck because we have statistics on what the average amount of a 401k is, and it ain't pretty. We have the average net worth for age groups, and it ain't pretty. Because if you were not living paycheck to paycheck, then you could put away $1,000 a year. We'll start with that, right? For, for low income people, if you're making like 30K, 40K, which is what the average in this country is, well, no, actually, yeah, that's the average of one person. Average household is 51, 52. So your average person is making about 40K. If that person can put away, a 1000 to $2,000 at the end of the year, that's not bad. And I would consider that not living paycheck to paycheck. But you have to be able to manage your money. And it starts when you are low, earning less. But, it, but again, trends, these types of habits last. And so once you start hitting 250K, if you could never manage your, your life at 40 and you were spending 45 when you made 40, you're probably spending 250 when you make 250 you probably just learn to spend whatever you fucking make. So, that was a really concerning article and it just makes me want to go fucking harder. I got to go harder. We got to make talk cash a fucking movement. Get your financial literacy from somewhere else, I don't care, but make sure you get it cuz these <laughs> the statistics show that people are not getting it. But yeah, that's that's wild and I I have some thoughts because I want to give a little bit of an excuse for people who are earning 250,000 dollars or more. I am not one of these people, so I can't speak from personal experience, maybe one day. Hopefully in the next like two years, two years, I think, is reasonable for me to get there. Um, so people who are making that much probably have a, a high-level job, like a, like a lawyer, like a doctor, and those types of jobs have prerequisites of more schooling so lawyers doctors consultants all those types of things i mean maybe engineers too software developers software developers in silicon valley i know are having nice total comp packages of around 200 to 300k in terms of like w2 income salary and then they usually if you're in a tech company have some nice stock options as well but yeah, that's uh, so so I understand that they probably have really big like student loans or something. Right. So so that cuts into that salary. Then you're probably living in a high cost of living city to be able to command a salary like that. Probably not living in Des Moines, Iowa. Sorry, this episode, we're picking on Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> Let's I've done Lincoln, Nebraska. I've got an itch to pick on Cleveland soon. So I think I think I'm going to attack Cleveland next week. Shit. Can't say that type of stuff these days. I think I'm going to verbally attack the city of Cleveland next week. <laughs> what the heck? Imagine someone just coming in on the podcast at that moment. Like, yo, 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 ding, 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 red flag. No one wants to attack Cleveland. Um, so they're probably living in New York, LA, Chicago, Miami. Where are other high cost of living places? Fuck Denver, Seattle. These are, these are places where you're going to see people with those types of incomes most likely. And so then the cost of living is high. To buy a house, it's high. You're looking at million dollar houses instead of like $300,000 houses in Cleveland. No, I'm just kidding. We all know the houses in Cleveland they're like 150k. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean there's that. Then but I think the biggest factor here is the keeping up with the Joneses effect, right? That's like you are a lawyer You feel the need to drive a certain car. You feel the need to live in a certain house. You feel the need to dress a certain way. And I say feel the need, honestly, certain professions, there is a cost of doing business in terms of dress code. So so that's not totally out of the question there. But these are the types of things that would also increase the money that you spend. We already talked about children. Children. If you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, you're more likely to want to send your kids to a private school to get the best education. You see how these bills are starting to add up? Oh, and now your friends who go to private, or sorry, your child's going to private school, the friends they make, they have expensive taste too, because they're the neighbors. They're across the street. They drive a nice car. They live in a big house. They have the lake house. You don't want little Timmy to miss out on soccer. You don't want him to miss out on basketball. You don't want him to miss out on lacrosse. (laughs) lacrosse is expensive hockey is expensive there are some expensive sports out there right oh and you want them to play a piano or you want them to play the viola violin you want them to be well-rounded so all that costs and so now they have uh, a tutor or mentor for those and then when it comes to high school you want them to get great scores so you put them through a rigorous sat or act program and then you want them to go to the best schools. So then you're paying 50 dollars $60,000 a year for them to go to Harvard or Columbia or Yale. This is, this is, that's, I mean, that's, uh, and that perpetuates throughout life. And then when we talked about allowances, those types of kids aren't getting $10 allowances. This is just speculation, but that's how money gets spent quickly and easily especially if you're not tracking it and limiting yourself to, like if you get a 20% raise you can you should limit yourself to not raising your cost of living by more than like 5 or 10%. And that's being that's being pretty considerate honestly cuz a 20% raise you know some of that's going to taxes. So you're not getting a full 20% more. Things to think about. Things to think about people. It's a good article though. You should go read it. They'll compare your financial situation to someone who's making 250K. Would you do better if you made more? Would you be in the same position you're in now? Things to ask yourself, right? I bet your answer is going to be, I bet, I bet, I bet, right? No matter how good with money you are, no matter how bad with money you are, I bet your answer is, I wouldn't live paycheck to paycheck if I made 250K. But a third of people are, right? What went wrong with them? All right. Now we get to go to a fun section, Pocket Watchers Anonymous. <laughs> In the spotlight this week is LeBron James. LeBron James this week, congrats. Congrats, my man. My man, LeBron. Uh, me and him are so close, I call him Bron. <laughs> Everybody's like, shut the hell up. They're like, I call him Bron too, are we friends? LeBron James hit a million dollar, or sorry, a Wow. A million dollars. A billion dollars net worth. This is very exciting. And I'm going to break down some of investment his investments. I'm going to break down how he got there. So this is the first time an active player has gotten to that billion dollar mark. Active, right? Because Michael Jordan's there, but Michael Jordan mainly did it through his Jordan brand of shoes and, and deals there. And then he mainly did it through investments after playing. LeBron earned about like 120 mil last year through like endorsements and salary, 120 mil. That's decent, right? Would you live paycheck to paycheck if you were making 120 mil? (laughs) He was the second highest paid athlete in 2021. And so, but LeBron is smart. He's really smart. And I don't know who taught him financial education. I mean, the dude's been playing basketball in the league. Like he didn't go to college. He went straight to the pros. So he never got a degree. I wonder where he got his financial education from. And you know what's funny? I make fun of Cleveland. LeBron put Cleveland on the map. He's from Akron, Ohio, right? He actually owns a house there. He owns a, a house that's a little bit more than 150 mil. <laughs> 150, Jesus Christ, 150,000. <laughs> a little bit more than that. But he, has structured most of his types of endorsements to not only just be like, hey, I'm getting paid to endorse Nike, but to have equity and ownership too. And this is like a huge principle. And this is where I'm saying, I don't know where his financial acumen came from. Maybe he just surrounded himself with the right people, but it's genius. He's, he's, he's a genius. And he's actually really smart too. I, I like watching his breakdowns of games. Like He has a really good memory of exactly how a play went down when like doing a post-game interview. It's like, bro, that's a really good brain. It makes sense why he's the best player out right now. You can argue on your own time if he's better or worse than Kobe or Jordan. Not really interested in getting into that. I think Messi is better than Ronaldo, but I'm still a Ronaldo fanboy when it comes to soccer. Basketball, eh, no dog in that race. So LeBron actually owns a bit of a soccer team, Liverpool, Liverpool FC in England. He owns part of the Fenway Sports Group, which is an ownership group that owns Liverpool FC. They own the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then Fenway, ding, 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 they own the Boston Red Sox. Kind of walked through that a couple episodes ago too. But he has roughly like a $90 million stake. He's a 1% ownership stake in the group. That's pretty dope right there. And he got that through one of his marketing, sports marketing agencies being acquired and doing a deal with Fenway Sports Group. He also has investments in Tonal, which is a huge fitness thing right now. You've probably seen their commercials. It's like in home fitness equipment, but it's super expensive. So good for Braun Braun. Lift. Yeah. Next time you take a lift, think about LeBron James. He's in that bitch, money wise. (laughs) One of his best investments was Spring Hill Entertainment Group, which is the the it's a studio that makes tv and movies they're doing a show or a documentary on naomi asaka the tennis player but they're the ones that did space jam space jam which was crap not a good movie but he made bank off of it i think he has like a 300 300 million dollar investment there And in general, he's got other endorsements with Nike, AT&T, Pepsi, Walmart. And these are the types of endorsements that he didn't just take the bag. He didn't just take the money, but he took the money and he asked for a slice of the pie to get some equity. And you don't need that much equity. These companies are growing like crazy, right? You and I, I have equity in Walmart. I don't know. You should probably have some equity in Walmart maybe, right? Like They have a great e-commerce business. And by having equity, you could have one share, one Walmart share, and you got equity. You got a slice of the pie. So you don't need much to to get a piece of that growth. I wonder if LeBron would start his own brand. Like, So he's got his own shoe endorsement with Nike now. I don't know if that's, oh, you know what? I just remembered now they made him like the high, that, that was a lifetime deal. He can't even, yeah, he can't even start his own brand. I was just thinking about that now because uh, Nike did that. And then Kanye had a line. He's like, damn, Nike paid LeBron not to run away. Like basically saying that LeBron's a slave, right? But like, I don't think so. I think we're looking at his portfolio now and he ain't living that slave life. I was going to say, though, I wonder if he would ever consider starting his own brand. I don't even know if he'd be able to. Kind of like the balls did in basketball as well. Lavar Ball crazy lunatic dad but man that guy's also smart when it comes to business you got, i mean he turned down he made all the sons turn down deals with other companies adas nike reebok to bet on themselves and do big baller brand you got alonzo lamello and uh what's Lagello, liangelo <laughs> i feel bad i don't know the third guy's name but they're all they're all doing well right now in the league and they're all repping their own brand they're i <laughs> You know what? I mean, we might be talking about them in a couple of years. Time will tell how it pays out. And they're probably never going to get like a true NBA payday like LeBron, but they are setting themselves up for great success. Their dad set them up for great success. Smart man. Again, back in 2015, LeBron James walked away from a 2015 deal with McDonald's. It was a $15 million deal. And he walked away from them. Because he wanted to bet on Blaze Pizza, which is a pizza chain franchise. There's 18 of them because he wanted a piece of the pie. He wanted that equity, baby. Get that equity. Should I make that the name of the podcast this episode? Get that equity? Hmm, we'll have to see. Gotta check with the branding experts. <laughs> $30 million stake there. So good for him, right? Like, again, he was willing to take risks. He went on the high-growth Blaze Pizza instead of well-known McDonald's. I've never heard of Blaze Pizza before. They're big in Illinois and Florida. I lived in Florida for three years and hadn't heard of it. But we'll see. Maybe they start popping up more in more places. Maybe you can expand that that piece of the pie. Who knows? On top of all this, he's got a nice little real estate uh, portfolio. $80 million real estate portfolio. He's got houses in Akron, as I mentioned, right? Only going for about 150K. No, I'm kidding. He's got one in LA. He just bought a new one in Beverly Hills. It was a $36 million house. Woo! I'm trying to buy a $36 million house. I actually don't know if I have the need for a $36 million house. I'd rather buy like five homes at $6 million, but we'll see. Things change when you become a billionaire, baby. Things change. Good to LeBron, congrats. I like doing these segments of like pocket watching, right? That's a thing that people like to make fun of like, oh, why well, are you watching his pockets? Because you can replicate success. You, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? We just listed out a whole bunch of different things that LeBron James invested in. And most of them are situations where you, I could get in at a small, on a smaller scale. So like franchises, You can go own a piece of a Pizza Hut franchise. You can go get a KFC franchise, right? You don't need a huge amount. You don't need millions of dollars. You do need to have money. But if you're saving and investing and not living paycheck to paycheck, then you're going to have the money to be able to do those types of franchise deals. Real estate. You can get into real estate. You can get into real estate with as little as like, let's see, a $10,000 investment fundraising. Or crowdfunding, fundrise is a type of crowdfund, but you can get in for probably even less than 10K. Go partner up with someone. Go learn, educate yourself, then partner up with someone who has the money. And when it comes to a sports team, I don't know. I I, I don't think you can do that on a small scale. I mean, actually, you can. I have a buddy who who owns a piece of the Green Bay Packers because they're like a publicly owned company, right? I I think they do like, they offer shares and stuff. I know that was like a big deal to him. He's a lifelong Packers fan. Shout shout out to him. Manchester United is publicly traded on the stock market. So that's a different piece of equity than having like full ownership, but you can get involved that way. All of these things are doable. So it's important to look at these people who are successful. If you see someone successful in your life, don't ask them for money and don't ask them for a job. Ask them how they got there. Ask them what they did to be that successful. Maybe ask them to like mentor you. Maybe that comes in the form of a job, right? Maybe you, maybe you do some work for them uh, in, in exchange for mentorship or kind of being their right hand and having them walk you through a deal or two. There is a lot of value in that. But in general, man, you got to get creative. You got to go after what you want. You got to find out what these rich people are doing. And you got to go do something similar. You can, you can do something on your own that's totally different. You can build rockets or something. But like, why? Don't reinvent the wheel. Let's get this bread. The blueprint is there. Follow it. Execute. Thank you for listening, everybody. Another Talk Cash Tuesday in the books. The sweet nothings that I whisper in your ear. Thank you for letting me be here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing with a friend. I know you're going to share with a friend on Twitter, on Instagram, at topcashpod. And then just go send this to a friend. Not everybody's on social media. Send this to a parent. Send this to a new family, right? Or someone that just expected, I had a child, like a new family. Ask them what their thoughts on the child care um, survey are. Send this to a high earner. Send this to someone who you think earns 200K, 250K or more and be like, yo, you broke? You living paycheck to paycheck, bro? (laughs) That'll make you a lot of friends. Or just share it with someone who wants to get better at personal finance because that's less aggressive and it shows that you're looking out for them. Everybody, thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great Tuesday. Have a great week.